Welcome to Bloody Bay, an eclectic full-contact theater audio drama series written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea. Please like, follow, subscribe, or drop a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Successful mystery author Florence Gardner is facing both a potentially ruinous divorce from husband and former actor Lee Millville and slumping sales. Desperate for inspiration, she heads to Bloody Bay, the small Maine town whose record of murders makes New York look like Branson. But it seems the town's main export has dried up, so Florence devises a plan that'll really knock them dead. And now, Bloody Bay. diary. It's me again. Oh, for crying out loud. Why do I let that postmistress's American idioms infect even my entries in my journal? Oh, start again. Dear diary, Florence here. Well, that makes about as much sense. Who else would be writing in this notebook? So we have the formalities taken care of. You are diary. I am Florence. Why, after years of neglect, am I now constantly relying on you to keep all my treasured secrets? To be honest, darling diary, it's because I have run out of alternatives. Lee, you remember him. He's the one I married because he was a Hollywood star for 15 minutes. And it was a funny time of life for me, to be frank. That time of life as Americans euphemize it? <laughs> anyway, Lee, my soon-to-be ex-husband, is not to be trusted. He teases me with possible material for blackmail, some reporter I'm supposed to have gotten a tad too relaxed with. Well, actually, it was a martini-soaked luncheon. Well, Actually, what happened after the lunch, actually, after the third martini, I know, I know, I should know better. Anyway, what does it matter? I can't remember the incident, so ergo, it never happened. My own variation on Descartes. Lee insists that the reporter had recorded something I never should have said, so mundane, something about my planting evidence that led to a man getting convicted of murder, but... Hey, it happens. But happy ending. Said reporter got killed in a traffic accident. Or was it an accident? There I go again. Always suspecting that a so-called accident could be a murder in disguise. Anyway, the reporter died. Oh, how I do wish I could find a murder. Another possible book idea. And his phone that he was using to record me unawares went missing. Lee says it was nicked at the scene, so no worries on that front. But, oh, diary honey, your girl is in deep doo-doo here. Did I already tell you about Dennis, the endodontist who murdered his wife? Twice? You want an explanation? Buy the book. What am I saying? There will be no book, because Dennis, the dentist, has gone all sloppy about his guilt and is on the verge of turning himself into the authorities as a double murderer. No, that can't be right. She only died once. The first time was... Never mind. Oh, my phone. Ah, oh, it's Dennis. I've got to take this. 
Dennis, darling. Florence. Dennis? Well, this is awkward. Were you over here yesterday? You don't remember when you locked yourself in the bathroom? Locked in the bathroom? Me? Of course. I remember it like it was yesterday. Actually, it was yesterday. And I was there. Why do you ask? I don't know if you noticed, but I have to confess. Please, don't use that word. What word? Confess. I was just embarrassed that, uh, this, this is hard to say. Best not say it then. No, let me speak. I had been drinking quite a bit. I, I hadn't really noticed. <laughs> and I'm having problems recalling exactly what was said by me. I have a vague feeling that I was both relieved and worried about the consequences of having said what I said, but I can't really say what I said. You really don't recall confess, uh, confiding in me? Confiding what? Well, it was rather intimate. You mean emotional? Yes, that too. You were going on about how much you miss Barry. Poor Barry. And of course you were very agitated. A certain sense of guilt. Guilt about what? About me, of course. <laughs> Taking up with another woman with Barry. Poor Barry. Hardly cold in the ground. Is that all? Isn't that enough? Enough for at least a steamy half-chapter in my new book. Florence, if that's all I said, I think I should fill you in on what hasn't been said yet. Don't be silly. We have a lifetime ahead of us for personal revelations. Oh, uh, I think I hear a knock at the door. Must run. Hugs and kisses. Ta-ta. I understand Dennis's urge to unburden the guilt of murdering his wife twice, but I've got to string out these events to create a full-length novel. So far, this is hardly a short story. Maybe not even a vignette. <laughs> I can't let him force the closing of this case before I gather a full 350-page complex plot. Can't let this facts overshadow my fiction. Florence, you heartless girl, seducing a grieving murderous widower just to uncover some plot elements. Bad girl. Bad girl. I won't tell Diary about this. Don't want her to think too poorly of me. Bye-bye, Diary. Back into the drawer with you. Ah, Florence. Fancy finding you here. Where else would I be? This is, after all, the suite I reserved for myself. You just came along in hijacked space on the sitting room sofa. What have you been up to today? Uh, just a smart constitutional around town. A brief but efficient moment of contemplation. Meditating on the ocean, tides in, by the way. Uh, checking to see if it might have carried in another corpse. <laughs> Anything to lift this writer's block you seem to have cogitated your way into? Uh, stopped in at the post office? To bask in Magnolia's adoration. Only you are getting needier with every passing day. No need to be nasty, Florence. I had actual business to tend to. Picking up a parcel that was due to arrive. Picked up some mail while I was there. Here, these are for you. Thank you for the fan mail. These are addressed to you. I can read, thank you. They are bills I've been running up. 
They are for you to take care of. To take care of? You mean pay? You expect me to pay your bills? Consider it a first installment on the blackmail fees you will be owing me. Blackmail? For what? Oh, Florence, your memory! You'll be needing someone to keep an eye on you so you don't get lost on one of your excursions. We'll be having to hire a companion for you soon. And when I say we shall have to hire someone, of course I mean you will have to hire someone, as I have no intention of throwing away my hard-earned alimony on your maintenance. Rather defeats the point. No, back up. Back up. What is this blackmail scheme you're talking about? We talked about it last week. Don't you remember? Your drunken interview with Franklin Jefferson? The British tabloid... Paparazzi, or was it paparazzo? Must look that up. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that cockroach got killed by a London bus? Alas, poor Franklin. No, you're right, he's gone. But it's his phone with that clever recording feature that recorded your admission of planting evidence. Which you told me was nicked at the scene of the crime, or accident. True. But that means that someone must have it. Things don't disappear into thin air, after all. Well, of course, but whoever the scum is that would pick the pockets of an accident victim probably doesn't even have the wit to look into the recording. I'll bet he has already erased it to free up the space. Or not. What do you mean by that, Crack? I've been absolutely truthful with you about this whole thing. Hearing your recorded voice boasting of getting away with planting evidence that convicted a man maybe not even guilty for all we know. Oh, he did it all right. I have a nose for these things. Just read Murder Trips Up. I put it all down right there, the whole story, and then some. Mm, it's the and then some that you should be interested in. Sorry? I just claimed that I have been absolutely truthful with you about Mr. Jefferson and his nasty recording. Mr. Jefferson and the big, heavy bus that crushed him in the confusion of London traffic. The truth. Nothing but the truth. However, not the whole truth. What did you leave out? In the interest of not wanting to bore my audience, you, with a long, rambling saga, I judiciously edited the story down to the essentials. It's time to fill in a few salient details. Such as? We met for drinks, to discuss the situation. Young Mr. Jefferson waved the phone under my nose as he played back your statements. And then, a sort of victory lap, I guess, he ordered again. And again. And get on with it. <laughs> By the time our meeting was over, he was a tad tipsy, to say the least. He wove his way out of the pub and on to the pavement. <laughs> Oh, he never noticed that I was stalking him. I found my moment, and hiding in plain sight in the crowds of Oxford Circus, I was able to bring him to the pavement just as a very large bus approached. Did you see who nicked the phone? Do you know who has it? No, and yes. What do you mean by that? Don't get cute with me. The whole truth. No, I didn't see who took it. Yes, I know who took it. So, don't leave me hanging like this. Who has it? Anyone I know? 
You're looking at him. Yippee! I thought I'd find you here, my sweetie pie, my little sea siren, my mermaid mama. That's number seven and number one. Number seven what? Number one what? Now I'm just saying hi to my darling. Been looking all over the B&B for you. What you doing down here all alone on the beach? <laughs> being all alone. I'm exhausted just being in your presence. I really need you to take it down a notch, Tex. Has anyone ever pointed out to you that you are... Sorry, no other way to put it. Really loud? Well, thank you, my darling. Sweet of you to cover me in compliments like that. That was not a compliment. But that was certainly loud. That's real nice. You you keep practicing. You'll get the hang of it. You'll fit in real nice down at the ranch. No one will ever suspect you're a Yankee. Nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, now don't take me wrong. I didn't mean it in a derogatory manner. Not your fault. Would you mind turning your back for a sec? I got something to add to the list, and I need your shoulder to write on. My shoulder to write on, my shoulder to lean on, my shoulder to cry on. Uh, not that I ever give you any occasion for grief, no siree. I did my best to keep this list down to the basics, but I have to add this one. Oh, what we got here? What's that list you promised me yesterday? Yes. You ready for it? Let me have it. Well, number one rule is never, ever, ever, while in polite company, yodel, whoop, holler, or emit any other sound that should be reserved only for rodeos. Ooh, now, how's that supposed to make you happier? I'm just trying to share the joy. Mean no harm. There is such a thing as oversharing. Well, okay. Anything make you happy, girl. Rule number two, never, ever, ever, when other adults are around, refer to me as doll-faced sweetie pie sugar or other illogical terms of endearment. What about when children are around? I'll see to it that there will be no children around. Rule number three, keep your hands to yourself when other adults make that when anyone else is around. If no others are around... Get permission first. Well, seems an unnecessary and cruel thou shalt not, but you're the boss. Damn tootin'. Rule number four, never speak in a volume, indoors or out, that should be used only at a football game or rodeo. Even if I'm as excited and joyful like I'd be at a rodeo or a football game? I put some care into phrasing these rules. I mean what I say, I say what I mean. And I do as you mean and say. Good. Communication is everything. Rule number five, when chewing food, keep your lips together and refrain from speaking while the food is in your mouth. Mm, see what difference that makes, but if it makes you happy. That's the whole point. Rule number six, no elbows on the table, no boots on the upholstery, no guns carried in public. Well, where the hell do I put my elbows and boots in? In my gun. Woman, you drive a hard bargain. We can always call it off if you want. No, no, go on. Next. Rule number seven. 
never, ever, ever address me as a dessert, a household animal, or a mythical creature. My name is Beverly. Use it. Well. And finally. At last. This is the one I just wrote down. I am a proud Yankee from a family whose roots go back more generations than I can count. I've crossed out the part about which side we fought on in the Civil War. Bygones be bygones, I say. Well, thank you, my Beverly. A model for all mankind. I'm not done. Oh, sorry. Apology accepted. You will never, ever, ever speak disparagingly of my Yankee heritage, traditions, or accent. Now, why anyone be proud of that, I don't know, but... Okay, I can manage that. Now, you just keep in mind, I may have a few demands on my part. <laughs> Such as? Give me a day or two. You're not the only one can write a list. Hmm. Almost five o'clock. Can I interest you in a snort at the local watering hole? That blackmailing scum. Thank goodness Magnolia called up Lee to tell him his special delivery had arrived. That got him flying out the door to rush down and pick up his parcel, or to rush into the arms of his latest conquest. What women see in him at his age and weight, I cannot guess. But maybe fame, even past fame, is an aphrodisiac. Hmm, I should write that down. Nope, uh, stay focused. Unless Magnolia is finally successful in getting him into her lair in the back room, he could be back at any minute. Limited window of opportunity to search his belongings. Let's see. Where would I hide a stolen mobile phone? Of course, he may be carrying it on his person, but I don't think Lee would risk losing it on the street or on the beach. I'll just assume he's got it stashed away somewhere among his belongings. Where shall I start? Hmm. Luggage. Okay, well, that's a surprise. Unlocked. Lee never was a practical sort. Anyone, even an almost ex-wife, could rummage through here. All these little side pockets, zippers, snaps, Velcro. Oh, zip's not here. Pop, not a squish. Yeah. All right. Let's try the toiletries kit. He has been leaving it on the shelf in the bathroom. Here we are. Just the usual stuff. Shaving gear, manicure tools, toothbrush, toothpaste, and... Why would he be packing these? It's not as if he's going to get me pregnant, even if we were... Of course, there's that sophomoric new crush of his, Magnolia. Wise precaution. She looks very fertile to me. A woman can sense these things. Oh, well, nothing here. Let's see. How about what he has been keeping in the wardrobe? Unlocked. Again, very careless. Would you look at the clothes he's packed? Must have been a very profitable season for the tradesmen on Savile Row. Breaks my heart to think of all the money I'm being charged for these rags. And for what? So he could be the smartest dressed man in bloody awful bay? Local fashion decrees an anorak and a pair of hip waders as uniform of the day every day. Can't waste time philosophizing about his sartorial judgment. He'll have a lot of pockets to be searched here. Wait, did I hear a footstep? Is he coming back? Oh, no, just this creaky old house doing its thing. 
Better pick up the pace here. Search first, rehang later. Who knew a simple jacket could have so many pockets? Breast pocket, other breast pocket, hanky pocket, patch pocket, left patch pocket, right. Oh, to hell with this. I'll have to rehang everything anyway. Why not just shake them to see what falls out? Dump them here in the middle of the room. Rehang them properly when I'm done. Shaky, shaky. Oh, an underground token and a two-pound coin. Lee, darling, no wonder you're always broke, so careless with your cash. Oh, who is it? Just me, your overworked landlady with fresh towels. Just leave them. I'll get them later. Can't just drop them on the floor. Sort of defeats the whole purpose of delivering clean towels, doesn't it? I'm coming in. Please don't. I'm not quite respectable. (laughs) Just look at this mess. Men's suits all over the floor. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Lee had asked me to send a few things to the dry cleaner. Wow. That husband of yours must be a real neatnik. He's hardly been here long enough to get his clothes dirty. If you only knew. Messy eater. This suit was nearly bathed in lobster stew. Looks okay to me. I've been ages, simply ages, sponging it off. Why he has to dress like a foreigner here in Bloody Bay when a sturdy anorak would serve as well, I... I keep telling him that. (laughs) So, thanks for the towels, Beverly. See you later, I'm sure. Gotta pick up the used towels from the bathroom. (sighs) Look at this! What? Here I was calling him a neatnik, and look at the way he just threw his toiletry kit on the shelf. Didn't even bother to zip it up. Just never know. That's what I always say. Uh, What are you doing in here so late in the day? Don't you usually try to get your housekeeping out of the way right after breakfast? Couldn't stay under this roof another five minutes with all that braying and hooting generated by Mr. You-Know-Who. So I escaped for a nice walk on the beach. Hmm. So quiet. Poor Beverly. You'll be paying dearly for those oil wells in your future. I hope they have beaches in Texas. Oh, don't you worry about me. I just laid down the law. I'm sure it's a fascinating story, but as you can see, I'm on a rather tight schedule today. (laughs) Busy, busy. Okay, okay. I I know when I'm not wanted. No need to literally push me out the door. Thanks for being so understanding. Later, maybe. Yeah, later. Her and her schedule. I thought she'd never leave. What if he comes back and I still haven't found the telephone? Well, it wasn't in the coat or pants pockets. How about these shoes? Hmm. Made in Britain. I bet they spent their early days in India. (laughs) No matter. Just the right size to hide a phone. No, not here. Not here either. Into the big pile in the middle of the room with a lot of you. You and you and you. Seems too obvious to hide something like that among his socks and little things, but nothing ventured. Nothing mits the socks, and the whitey-tighties don't seem to be hiding anything. Nothing in with their handkerchiefs. Oh, it will take me forever to fold these things back the way he left them. Just add them to the pile on the floor and do it later. The writing desk. Possibly. Why not? Oh, Ah, this drawer is stuck. It's a seaside dump, gets into everything. One more good tug. Oh. oh my God, I hope I didn't break it. Oh, damn, it's in smithereens. It looks really old. 
I hope Beverly doesn't consider it an antique. <laughs> Just put all the pieces in what remains and shut it again. The front is still okay. Sort of. I'll do it later. Running out of time here. Oh, of course, the sofa he's been sleeping on. Under the cushions. No. Folded into the hideaway mattress. Oh, I am really getting a workout on this quest. No, nothing folded into the mattress. Oh, what about in the mattress? Dare I cut it open? How will I explain the mess? Worry about that later, as the lady said, or words to that effect. Just pick my way through the mess in the middle of the room. I know there's a scissors on the desk. Here we are. Okay, mattress. Surrender your little secret. Where's the phonesy wonsy? It's got to be here. Nothing. And I'm running out of time. What's left? In the TV cop shows, the drug dealer always keeps his stuff in the wall behind the medicine cabinet. Ah, or, or maybe the toilet cistern. Back to the bathroom. Oh, I hate to stick my hand in the toilet water. But I guess if it's in the cistern, it's no worse than tap water. Nothing. All right, let's try behind the medicine cabinet. Oh, this requires tools. Certainly a screwdriver would come in handy, or maybe... Yes, that's the ticket a good nail file would serve. Well, if he thinks I'm going to ruin my best nail file to look for his damn phone. Ah, yes, here's his. <laughs> a certain poetic justice in his own nail file, betraying him like that and revealing the sight of his stash. Now, pull. Oh, more effort than I was ready for. I think the next tug should do the trick. Oh! I should have thought of emptying it first, I guess. <laughs> All that mouthwash and nail polish remover. Uh, icky. Well, what's done is done. Let's see what's in the wall cavity. Not there. Maybe if I could just stretch a little farther over here. Oh, nothing but mouse droppings. Disgusting. Now I can't even wash my hands with all that broken glass and goo in the sink. I'll have to use the spigot in the tub. Ah, uh, the tub. The claw-footed tub with that space under it. If I can get down on my hands and knees without cutting myself on all this glass. Not the most glamorous pose. Thank goodness there are no photographers around to shoot me with my arse in the air. Florence, what are you doing in that ridiculous position? You're lucky there are no photographers around to shoot you with your arse in the air. It's yoga. I haven't quite mastered the pose yet. What are you doing back so soon? The siren of the postal service couldn't get rid of a husband. Florence, your mind is in the gutter again. As I was enjoying a walk around town, I got a slight case of the sniffles and realized I had neglected to carry a handkerchief, so I came back here to... Good grief! What's happened to my handkerchiefs? Uh, my underwear? Oh, no! My Savile Row wardrobe! Nothing in the dresser, nothing in the wardrobe. Is this your idea of spring cleaning? No use trying to cover up. I was looking through your things. Oh, let me guess. You were looking for the surprise gift I was planning on giving you for your birthday next week. Oh, 
I forget, no one has been allowed to acknowledge your birthday for the past 15 years. Or maybe you were checking up on just how much cash I am carrying these days. I think there may be the odd underground token somewhere, but I could have told you if you had only asked. Pass un su. You've made it clear you have no cash. So what could you have been looking for? Oh, I get it. You must have been looking for that intriguing mobile phone. <laughs> oh, Florence, dear Florence, we may have our differences, but you never fail to entertain me. <laughs> this is rich. Oh, I wish I could share this story with the people, but that would be counterproductive, wouldn't it? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. She was looking for Mr. Franklin's phone. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! I won't have you mocking me! And I'm afraid you shan't have the telephone either. I'll find it if I have to examine every grain of sand at Bloody Bay. I'll, I'll find a way to make you hand it over. Wasted effort on your part, I'm afraid. I have at my disposal the cooperation and, indeed, the protection of one of the greatest forces in the land. Oh, I suppose you'll be telling me next that you're in cahoots with, what, the FBI? Or maybe the CIA? No. What, then? As I speak, the telephone is in the custody of the United States Postal Service, probably a couple of hundred miles over the Atlantic, en route to an address in London by now. No where it will be safely forwarded to the custody of the Royal Mail, which in turn... You can't do that! ...will, acting under orders to forward all my London mail, send the lovely parcel back to my forwarding address here in Bloody Bay, where I, the recipient, will simply remail it again to the London address, and so on and so forth, you get the picture. You diabolical... So, of course, any attempt on your part to interrupt, to intercept, to interfere with this finely tuned process, so conscientiously executed by two of the most procedurally minded institutions on earth, will be met with the full wrath of Crown and Congress. Why, you... Uh, please, mind the shoes. You are abusing some of Northamptonshire's finest. Ouch! And me! How many times do I have to tell you to? Take it outside! There are guests in this B&B who would like to enjoy a nap! Beverly, I swear, a bad case of runny nose. I was just trying to get a hanky when she When started. I get through with you, you won't have a face to stick a nose on, you miserable- Enough! I have warned you for the last time. I'm giving you 30 minutes to clean up this mess and find another place to live. Look at this <gasps> My great-grandmother's writing desk? I can't replace that. And what the hell did you do to the bathroom? It looks like a war zone. Before you throw us out, you might think of doing something about your rodent problem. Wait until I post on TripAdvisor about the size of the creatures in these walls. Lies. I run the cleanest B&B &B on the East Coast. Oh, really? Look, 
into this space where a gang of rats the size of Labrador puppies actually pushed the damn medicine cabinet out of the wall. And take a look inside. Who left all these droppings in there, domesticated lobsters? Oh, my God. Oh, oh I, I had no idea. They, they actually pushed the medicine cabinet outside of the wall? No wonder my poor Lee has been unable to sleep with the racket those vermin make all night long. Oh, uh, Florence is right. All night long. It's been hell. I consider it my civic duty to protect other innocent travellers from this disgrace. This place should be shut down. Where's my phone? Enough with the phone already. My phone. I'm going to report this to the authorities. No, no, please, please, please don't get outsiders involved in this. Hello, Chief Devins. There's something I want no, to report. No, no, I'll be ruined. Wait, wait. I, I can make this good. Um, I'll give you a discount. Chief Devins, as you know, my husband and I are guests at Beverly's Bloody Bay B&B. A matter of honour. Our silence is not for sale. I'll let you stay for free. With renovations of the damage caused by the rats. Immediately. Seems a reasonable solution. No reason for any of this to ever be mentioned outside of these four walls. Agreed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chief Devons. <laughs> Why, no, what did you want to talk to me about? Me? I called you. Oh, that. <laughs> I was just in the midst of polishing off the seventh chapter. Yes, chapter seven already. It's just a matter of discipline, nose to the keyboard and all that. Well, as I was just testing the intensity of the dialogue, I accidentally actually dialed the phone. <laughs> I guess I got carried away. This is really hot writing. You have no idea. No, I'm afraid you'll have to wait and buy the book like all the rest. Anyway, sorry to have bothered you. Utterly exhausted from my exertions. My husband and I are going to take a stroll on the beach whilst our hostess freshens up the suite. Ta-ta! Lee, darling, ready for some fresh air? Whatever you say, my sweet. Thank you for listening to Bloody Bay, written by Mimi Monteith and Anne-Marie Shea, directed by Callie Wills, and starring the voice talents of Jean-Marie Kuhn, Luis Bermudez, Forrest Manico, Ailey Lassane, Christopher Kay, Robert Kuhn, Jessica Lauren Fisher, and Rochelle Prue. Sound design by Daniel Houle. We'd like to thank everyone who supported Bloody Bay on Kickstarter, including Tyler Gilbert, J. Xander Kittenoa, Jesse Casanova, Kat McKay, Donaldson Cardenas, Joey Johnson, and Ella Watts. Your support through this lockdown has made it possible to bring these stories to life. If you want to support Bloody Bay directly, you can do so at redcircle.com slash shows slash bloody dash bay. Experience Bloody Bay like a local by signing up at Patreon at patreon.com slash EFCT, where your monthly pledge gets you exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content and merchandise. Are you scared of commitment? We understand. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash EFCT, where you can make a one-time donation, no strings attached. 
Your donations and support help EFCT continue to highlight the work of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus artists. Thanks for listening and see you next week.